Blog Talk Radio. Hello. Welcome to the eighth week, episode number eight of Thyroid Nation Radio Live Talk Show and Podcast. I'm Dana Bowman, founder of ThyroidNation.com. And I'm Tiffany Maladnitz of GratefulGarden.biz. I can't believe we're on week eight. It's absolutely <laughs> crazy. crazy. We are... We are so glad to be doing this. Dana and Tiffany, bringing you the voices of thyroid advocates, clinicians, bloggers, and thyroid thrivers everywhere. In just a few short minutes, we are so excited. We're talking live with Dana Trentini, hypothyroid mom, hypothyroid hypothyroid advocate, and winner of two 2014 Wego Health Activist Awards and founder of the absolutely amazing blog, Hypothyroid Mom. But just a few things before we get started. If you tuned in last week, which we hope you did, you heard us chatting with the fabulous Robin Errett. Sounds like Carrot. We totally mispronounced it. She fixed it and corrected <laughs> us on, live on the air. If you listened, if you missed it, then you can listen to it in the archives on the Thyroid Nation radio page. You'll see it in the top right corner. And on that same page, you'll see the wonderful lineup of innovative guests we have scheduled on the Thyroid Nation radio page right there. We uh, just got confirmation that Dr. Alan Christensen will be um, on the show sometime late summer. He's also going to be on Dr. Oz. I just read on Thyroid Nation's. I mean, on Thyroid Changes page on Twitter that he'll be on Dr. Oz Wednesday, so that's pretty cool. We have Dr. Kent Holtorf, and we have Mary Showman, and we have lots of thyroid thrivers, and we have a a New York Fire Department uh, thyroid cancer survivor, Jim Riley, and we just have some fabulous, fabulous guests coming up. So if you want to see who's coming up or some of the past shows, don't forget to check out our page. It's so exciting, isn't it? It's so yeah. exciting! All the thyroid messages getting out there. I'm, I just, yeah, it's amazing. As always, a very, very big thank you to our amazing Thyroid Nation Radio team of advisors, without whom the support and love and everything that makes this show float would not be possible. Excuse me. Oof. Raina Kranz, Laura Schuneman, Melissa Phipps, Lyth Clifford, Penny Jensen, Sarah Downing, and Marissa Ravello. Please check all their amazing bios, thyroid driver stories, groups, blogs, websites, and support groups. So there's so much support out there that you can find on the bios at thyroidnation.com radio. I am tongue twisted today. What on earth? You're just excited. You're just excited. I am. I know. Okay, Dana. (laughs) Let's get this thyroid nation thriving. Okay, today our guest is the fabulous Dana Trentini, hypothyroid advocate and founder of the wonderfully successful blog, Hypothyroid Mom. Hi, everyone. Can you hear me? Hi, guys. Hi, Can you hear us okay? I can hear you great. I'm so excited. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for being here. We are so thrilled to have you. Oh, my God, we are so excited. I just got goosebumps. Congratulations to both of you. What a fabulous idea, Thyroid Nation Radio. I, I think what you're doing is fabulous. And um, I had a little rough a rough week this week. I had my, my wisdom teeth removed, and I'm not feeling the greatest, but I was so pumped about today, so I'm, I'm really excited to be here. Well, I have to tell everybody um, that Dana actually messaged me after we I had a, I was on a radio show, a different show, similar but different, 
um, back in the fall, and um, the show stopped and for whatever reason. And a little while later, I got a message from Dana saying, you know, you should still, I think you should still do this Thyroid Nation radio. And it always just kind of hung oh, back yeah. in there. So, I remember, so Donna. Yeah, I remember. Yes, I think yes. what you're. I think this is exactly what what you need to do. I uh, I love your energy, and I think Tiffany is a great partner. So I'm I'm very excited for both of you. Thanks. We're so excited well, to have you here. <laughs> thank you, yes. Tiffany. Thank you. I you know it's it's amazing how um, thyroid advocacy has grown in the last few years, and and it's exciting to be part of it and to see the people that are are getting good treatment now and finding great doctors, it's very rewarding for me. Um, I went into it not sure that a blog or a Facebook page could really make a difference in people's lives, and I poo-pooed it for like three years. I said, oh, what am I doing? Like, oh, that's just a crazy idea. That won't do anything for anyone. And then I just took a leap of faith and look at where it's gone to. So... (laughs) Yeah, sometimes you have to just follow your instincts, right? If your instincts tell you to do something, you just have to jump and do it. My gosh, you've grown. Just, it's craziness. Uh, just craziness. It is. It is, Tiffany. And and it's interesting because when I created it, I thought, you know, family members might read it and maybe a few people might read it and they might get the help that they need. But never, it never, ever crossed my mind that it would become something. It never crossed my mind that it would be what it is today. It never, ever. So it's been, you know, sometimes I have to pinch myself and say, well, is that really real? Is this, are there all these people reading this blog? That's just, it's fabulous. But we wouldn't be where we are. Thyroid Nation Radio wouldn't be where where it is if not for all of the thyroid patients that are supporting us and wanting this kind of information. So for me, I'm just I feel so lucky. I I've I've had an opportunity to meet great people like you guys. I've I've had an opportunity to meet so many thyroid patients who've been struggling and and it's so rewarding when they tell me that they're better and they're on their way to feeling better and that's my reward. You know, it's amazing to me how many people that I talk to, uh, you know, or that come to the to my booth at the farmer's market, just what little I see that still, uh, you know, are suffering from hypothyroid symptoms or, or diagnosed hypothyroid and still don't know about Thyroid Nation and Hypothyroid mm-hmm. Mom and yes. Whole Turf Medical Group and all of these, you know, Stop the Thyroid Madness and all of these sites. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, they look at you like, what? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, there is so much support and information out there for you. You know, I mean, I can't. It's hysterical because I only have one pen that will actually write on the texture of the back of my business card. (laughs) And I'm constantly writing these sites, go to Thyroid Nation, go to Hypothyroid Mom, go go here, go there, and learn so that you can double-check, you know, what you're being told and the care that you're getting. And, you know, it's amazing to me how many people don't don't know these resources that are out there. And, uh, you know, I mean, my my kudos is to you guys. For, thank, you know, thank, God for, thank God for thank God for people like you that are spreading the word. I, I remember when I was at my lowest point and, and I was scared for myself and some you know it, it's interesting because I think I have seen the full spectrum. I've been down on the bottom where I couldn't wake up. Um, you know, I had a newborn that was crying and needed to be fed and I couldn't wake up and keep my eyes open long enough. Um and then I'm on the other end of feeling fabulous now. At age 45, I feel better than I did at 20. So I've seen, I've seen it from the full spectrum. And 
and and and and what's interesting is that when I was first diagnosed, I didn't know these sites existed either, and I didn't know there were resources, and I felt like I was by myself. And then all of a sudden, I began discovering Stop the Thyroid Madness and Mary Showman's About.com thyroid site. And then I went, oh, my God, there are other people like me. This is not all in my head. This is real. Like, I'm not making it up, even though people telling me I'm making up these symptoms. No, this is really real. And so... I hope that we can get the word out to more and more people because I'm sure there are many that feel like they're by themselves and that and I'm sure many are being told that their symptoms are in their head and given antidepressants and anxiety pills instead of looking at the root cause which can be their thyroid. So true. So let let us get let us get started um with your story. We want to know the passion and the fuel behind hypothyroid mom and it, it's a very uh it's a very important topic where people can learn a lot about um you know their own pregnancy or infertility or miscarriage or whatever just through your own story so tell us how mm-hmm. hypothyroid mom started and your sure, story Tiffany. involved in that yeah absolutely i you know i i think about why did i create hypothyroid mom i i did not have a facebook account i did not know how to use facebook i did not know how to twitter i had no idea what a blog was when someone mentioned a blog i said well what is that and that was a few months before i created hypothyroid mom i had these dreams uh for about 3 years that this thing called hypothyroid mom and i envisioned this logo and i it turned into reality. Um, when I was having these dreams, I had just miscarried. Was was just after I'd miscarried, and I, I mentioned to you that I was at a very low point where I was very afraid for myself. I mentally, physically, I was just really worried for my health. I was unable to stay awake. Um, and during that time, I began doing as much with whatever energy I could. I began researching thyroid disease and pregnancy because something didn't feel right during my pregnancy to discover that my doctor was not aware of the guidelines for pregnancy for hypothyroid women and my TSH was close to 10 when the American Thyroid Association, the Endocrine Society, recommended TSH less than 2.5 and I was with raging symptoms near 10 um, and no doctor ever said that my thyroid could be a problem, and that would explain why I couldn't wake up, the reason my hair was falling out, the heels of my feet were cracked. I was feeling some intense illness during that pregnancy, and every doctor just shut me down, like, no, your thyroid's fine. As long as it's under 10, mm. you're normal. You're fine. So the day that I and discovered... And your physician, your physician was Ivy League trained, so we're not we're not talking about... Yeah, just some PA from you know. That, I think that's a really important thing to point out is that he was a, a well-trained, well-educated uh, obstetrician. Yes, I mean, you know, what's crazy about it is that I had two doctors under my care, and I, I was under their care, and and they were in New York City. They had you know awards on their walls about being you know the top of their game, and. Um, you know, one is Ivy League trained and teaches in an Ivy League university. So, you know, these are not people that, you know, you can't say, oh, it's just a person who just didn't know or just not well trained. I mean, this these are the top people of their profession, and they did not know. They felt that so long as your TSH was below 10, you were normal. 
They were not aware that the guidelines of 2007 of the Endocrine Society stated a TSH less than 2.5. And if yours rose above 2.5, you were supposed to have your medication increase quickly to titrate it back down below 2.5. Mine kept rising, and I just kept complaining that I didn't feel well. I felt like toxins were in my body. And they just said, you're just, it's normal, you're pregnant, and that's just normal. And I miscarried. And, you know, as they were giving me the anesthesia, because I just, unfortunately, my, my baby did not come out, so I had to have a DNC. And I remember when I was in there, they said, you know, you know, you can do this awake. Do you want anesthesia? And I said, you know what, I don't want to remember a single thing about this thing. And I remember them saying, count back, you know, from 10. And as I'm counting, I said, bloody hell, I'm going to get out of here, and I am going to fix this. I'm going to figure out who the hell did this to me, and I am wow. going to make change. And all I remember was counting 10 to 1 and just, like, you know, pissed off. <laughs> and I woke up pissed. I was pissed. And I was in the recovery room, and I'm looking around at all these women that just, you know, had their DNCs, and I thought, I am freaking pissed. I am pissed. I am pissed. And that was the creation of Hypothyroid Mom. Really, it was the rage I felt that, my ch- I lost a child because I was with a doctor that wasn't aware of guidelines. It just enraged me that I felt this need. So I quickly figured out how to get on Facebook. I created an account, made mistakes because <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. I went on to blog, and I, you know, I just kind of stumbled along. But I think it was rage. Now, you know, the rage has gone away. I feel like hypothyroid mom has healed me in many ways because. I don't feel rage anymore. I feel I feel that there is full circle. Like I feel like by helping other women have healthy babies and not allowing that to happen to them, I feel I've healed. And so I feel very tranquil. Rage to empowerment. Yeah, so it's been I yeah. feel like I've gone full circle. So it it's interesting to me because with hypothyroid mom, I hear from people at all different stages. There are people that are at the bottom. They're struggling. Many of them feel depressed and are on anxiety medication. Some of them are in mental health wards, and they're at the bottom, right? And then there are others that are feeling okay. Their medication is not perfect. They feel okay. But I feel like I've been through the whole range, you know, and so I can sympathize with all the people at the different different ranges. And we have to remember there are the ones that are right down at the bottom, and they're the ones that I think, me personally, I'm looking for them. I'm looking for the ones at the very bottom. And if I can find the ones at the bottom who feel like there's no hope and that's all there is to life and, and they're never going to get better, if I can find them, then that will be my reward. I remember in the beginning um, when you started Hypothyroid Mom and you used to answer every single question and I, I would look at your, your your numbers just growing and you still answered every single question and I thought to myself, I can't even imagine just the, the questions that I get, you know, that I'm up till mm-hmm. eleven o'clock at night. I can't even imagine the time that you were putting into answering each individual person. And I loved that about you. I loved the fact that you were a real person, that you had you know, you empathized and, and, you know, that was just something to me that made made you very special was the fact that you always commented, you know, and would address Aww, people by you. name and made sure they thank got the you. message. You would tag them and answer the yeah. question, and you still do. You still do. Yeah. I can't even imagine how much time you put in now. 
You know, you know, Tiffany. How much time do you put in? Um, (laughs) You know what? I might scare myself if I think about it. I, I, I would, yeah, I, I'm sure that it's equivalent <laughs> of a full-time job. Just, yeah, just answering people. And, and you know, Tiffany, that's so, it, it's so nice. And, and I remember you were one of the very first people that was following me. And I remember the names of the ones at the very beginning. You know, there was a very special time at the very beginning when I could answer everyone because, you know, even though it took hours and hours, there was still enough hours in a day that I could answer as many people as I could, and it felt good because that was the reason I created it. You know, growing is wonderful, and I love that I'm reaching more people. The sad part, though, for the growing is that there are just not enough hours in a day for me to answer everyone the way I used to be able to. And, you know, I had to come to peace with that because I started feeling I was falling into adrenal fatigue um, because the numbers were increasing and the questions were coming and I couldn't, and I felt guilty. Oh, my God, I need to answer everyone. And then I got myself very unwell um, a year and a half ago, and then I had to make a conscious decision. I said, you know, I can o- I only have so many hours a day to do what I do, and, and I'm going to try to answer as many people as I can, but if I can't, I have to think about how can I help as many people as possible in that time. So, it, it, it you know, it's shifted because it's grown, but I just just do my best, you know, do my best every day. It's, I'm remember passionate. When, I remember when you, when you, your page was, you know, not where when Tiffany joined you, you had a lot more when, when you messaged me, private messaged me, mm-hmm. not just answered on the page, because I questioned on the page, and mm-hmm. and you private messaged me, and, and you still had a bunch of people then, and I, you know, yeah, I can't do it. I, I, it, it was amazing. It did help me. It, it helped me. It helped me feel better. It helped me feel not alone. Not, not because, well, one way, one reason is because you didn't just do it on the on the feed. You did it on in a private message. You said, yeah. you know, and you talked to me very privately and personally, and it was Aww. it was pretty wonderful. You know, I loved Thank it, and it you. also helped me. It also helped me make the decision to to start thyroid nation. You know, I started it in a different different reason and, and for different reasons. Um, probably because I live in Costa Rica. That's that's the main thing, and and the care and everything here is just is is very very inadequate. They don't have any T3 in the entire country. So mm-hmm. once I learned that that was a big piece of my puzzle, mm-hmm. I felt very you know. Uh, stuck, and I didn't want the people, you know, in this country and and, and other countries to feel stuck, like you know. And, and here, exactly. people are in the state stuck for different reasons. But but yes, in the very beginning, for me, uh, you were a pivotal point too. And and all the all the girls on our team are here are commenting on our on our page right now. Dana, I just want you to know everybody's all supporting you and oh, and saying the you. same thing. So yeah, thank yeah. you, thank you. You know, I and how much I remember Donna. You know, it's. It's funny, I remember both you and Tiffany, I remember your names, and I remembered your photos, the profile pictures of your Facebook page. There are people, there are people now, two and a half years later at Hypothyroid Mom on my Facebook page, I see their little faces, Dorothea is one of them, Um, I see their little faces, and I know exactly who they are. They were the ones when I had 50 uh, followers who were there, and they're still there, and they're still there, and they're answering other people 
you know, sharing their experience and they're getting better and they're encouraging others. And it is just a beautiful thing. And so many times I'll comment and I'll see their little faces and I'll go, oh, my God, I remember you. Thank you so much, you know, for being with me for two and a half years. It's, it's, it, is a, it is a blessing. I mean, you know, when we talk about the rewards in your life and the beautiful things, this has to be one of the most beautiful things for me is hearing from people on Hypothyroid Mom that have been following me for a long time. It is just a blessing, and and I think that's really the reason I did it is maybe I was looking for to, to support people and to feel like I could make a difference in people's lives, and I feel like I'm doing that, and that's very rewarding for me. It's the silver lining of this of this horrible condition. Dana and I talk about that all the time. The silver lining. It's almost like mm-hmm. we have to stay focused on the silver lining. <laughs> yes, so absolutely, Dana. Anyways, Dana, Dana and I could spend, we should have scheduled a six-hour show with you because <laughs> exactly. the, our, our notes, the like the questions are like five pages and, and, you know, everybody wants to hear. So I know that we have so many people. Uh, I know that I spoke with three women uh, this week and they're all listening uh, in particular. Mm-hmm. One of them just went through her second miscarriage um, and is just is just heartbroken and she mm-hmm. is hypothyroid Mm -hmm. and um so we want to get into the nitty-gritty i hate to do that to you because i would love to just talk to you and see how you're doing and Mm -hmm. but dana and i want to make sure that that we get the most out of your time uh for the listeners so can we get to some can we get to some nitty-gritty dana what do you think absolutely okay so absolutely i'm ready absolutely okay so sarah wanted to ask the statistics regarding some pregnancy and hypothyroidism, just throw some good ones around, uh, Dana. What Some good statistics. I know, you that, know that's kind of left field, but. Yeah, well, you know, that's an interesting question, and I'll have to look into statistics on that. You know, what what startles me, I think that the, the statistic that really kind of grabs me is that there are, they say in the International Federation, the Thyroid International Federation states that there are 300 million, and I think this is a conservative number, that there are 300 million thyroid sufferers, the majority of them with hypothyroidism, and that over half of them are undiagnosed. And while that's wow. not specific to pregnancy, why that really resonated with me is that to think that let's just say that that's a conservative number and there are far more than that that's over half it's over 150 million and they state that it's majority women and majority of them with hypothyroidism try to imagine how many of them are in pregnancy or thinking about pregnancy or planning pregnancy and they're in that age group if you think about the millions of them that there are, that is what really motivated me to create Hypothyroid Mom because if it was just me, if it just happened to me and I was the only one, I don't think that I would have had the passion no. um, right. that I have because you know there are people that have no idea that their thyroid could be affecting their pregnancy. So for me, right. that is the t- statistic that really grabs me. Now, I believe that that statistic is very conservative because I'm guessing that they might be using a very broad TSH range to determine who is right. hypothyroid and who is not. But even that number alone, 300 million, and over half of them are undiagnosed. And and 
I just it that just blows my mind, you know. Right. How is it that all these people don't know that they have a thyroid condition? And the fact that there is no universal thyroid screening in pregnancy is what really frightens me because that means there are women that don't know they have it. There's no screening in pregnancy. It's not part of the screening unless a doctor requests it specifically. So there are undiagnosed women who may be losing their babies, maybe having babies with autism or global developmental delays or, you know, other issues or stillborn. Or not getting pregnant. Not or getting not pregnant getting pregnant, pregnant. Or not getting pregnant at all. And they do not know why because there is right. no screen. There is no screening. So that well, that I, is really what motivated me to do this. Yeah. I read one study this morning, uh, getting ready for you, uh, that uh, six out of every 100 uh, miscarriages is related to um, low thyroid hormone. And, and that's, you know, that's only the ones that they studied. And that's <laughs> that only the ones study. that they studied. You know, <laughs> right. there's another, I found it really interesting. I was, um, when I was trying to research, you know, what are the dangers in miscarriage, there were a few that really startled me because, you know, no one would know. Do you know that the American Thyroid Association, they actually have issued multiple public health statements, and they have stated very clearly, I mean, this is like a major, you know, worldwide recognized organization has issued public statements, and I'm going to read out this list because it's crazy. They state hypothyroidism increases the risk of pregnancy complications such as miscarriage, stillbirth, infertility, maternal anemia, preeclampsia, placental abruption, postpartum hemorrhage, premature delivery, low birth weight, and deficits in intellectual development in infants. Now, that is scary. That is scary. scary. I've personally experienced the miscarriage. I've personally experienced placental abruption with my third child and premature delivery and low birth weight. So I've personally experienced several of them, and I hear from women who've had postpartum hemorrhage and preeclampsia, which can be a danger not only to the child but to the mother as well. I hear from women who... I got to throw that in there that I yeah. am a help syndrome survivor so I've got to throw that in there. <laughs> yeah, you know, I find it just insane that this is, you know, this is happening and that there is so little awareness. What I think, you know, why I felt so compelled is that there are major organizations like the American Thyroid Association that is issuing health statements like this, but no one is reading them. My doctor never read them. So right. If my doctors are not reading them and people don't know, then what in the world is happening? I'm going to give you another. You asked about statistics because I find the statistics really interesting. There's another one that I'm I'm going to find it because I want to read it out to you because this is crazy, okay? All right. So I told you that my doctor was not aware of the TSH guidelines for pregnancy. But when I went deeper... There was a study in the, um, the publication called Thyroid in 2010. So I'm going to read two studies to you. Three waves of mail surveys were distributed to 1,601 Wisconsin healthcare providers with a history of providing obstetric care. Survey participants were members of the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists or the American Academy of Family Physicians. The study determined only 11.5% of the providers actually read the 2007 Endocrine Society guidelines on the management of thyroid dysfunction during pregnancy and postpartum. 11.5. 11.5. Another study. Say it. No, Go listen. No. I know because my doctor was one of them that didn't read it because I miscarried in early 2009 and these guidelines they went out much, in 2007. 
much of what so, I did when I worked within medicine was reading all of the pharmaceutical brochures and everything that came in and looking for information that was new and updated and then updating the physician. So there is a lot that they don't read. And unless they have someone that they've actually designated in their office to do that, they don't have time. They don't have time sure. to stay on top of it. And you, you know, know I mean, look at us. We research all the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a full-time job. And then you're asking a physician that makes rounds, you know, at mm-hmm. 5 o'clock in the morning, makes rounds again at lunch, makes rounds mm-hmm. again after work. And, and we want them to stay up on top of all of these things. And that's, it's, it's a very scary world out there. And that's mm-hmm. why it's so important that we educate mm-hmm. ourselves and so that we can educate our doctors or stay on top of it. You know, one of my mm-hmm. highlighted points, you know, that I was going to bring up with you is, you know, making sure that, that we're educated when we get pregnant is, you mm-hmm. know, you are going to test, you know, my thyroid right now. And it's a good mm-hmm. time. We're ready in that <laughs> beginning trimester to test it again right mm-hmm. now. And it was under mm-hmm. 1.5, correct? Can I have a copy of my blood work? And yes, exactly. You no, know, we have to be, we have to be, gee whiz, we have to borderline be obstetricians mm-hmm. ourselves in order to protect our babies. And that's so scary, but it's it's unfortunately very, very true. So hit us with some more statistics, Dana. Sure, there are two, you know, you just you just brought up two two really important things for me. One is, you know, I, you know, I, at first I was really pissed at my own doctors for what the lack of information that they had, and I felt um, just anger towards them. And initially I felt rage that doctors are not reading guidelines like this, but that feeling has really changed for me. I don't feel that anymore. I don't put the blame on them because, like you said, there is so much that they have to do that, you know, to expect them to keep up to date on every single illness is a little bit unrealistic. Um, I would love that everyone was up to date on hypothyroidism. The reality is that they're not. And those of us that are patients, no matter what your illness is, it doesn't matter if it's hypothyroidism or diabetes or what it is, you are responsible to be your own advocate, do your own research. And I was one of these people that believed doctor knows best and did not do any research. And that was, you know, so I don't put the blame all on my doctors. I, I should have... I really should have sat down and said, I've got a condition. I really should be researching what this means in my pregnancy, and I did not. So, yeah, that's a really important point. The other important point that I want to state, because we were talking about TSH, a really important thing that I want to state is these guidelines all mention TSH. There is no mention of free T3, you know, or they say it's not a necessary part of testing we know, those of us that are thyroid advocates, how important it is to have a full thyroid panel. So while we're talking about TSH, it's so important that I not miss this within the hour that we're together, that you know, a complete panel for a hypothyroid woman requires not just TSH, but free T4, free T3, reverse T3, and the two thyroid antibodies for Hashimoto's, which are the thyroid peroxidase antibodies and thyroglobulin antibodies. And of course, if you have hyperthyroid symptoms, Graves' disease um, antibodies as well. It's so important that I state that because no matter where you read in the guidelines, these things, the TSH is sort of the focus, and we all know, or so many of us know, that many of us are not well even when our TSH is in the normal range because normal is not necessarily optimal for us, and there's a bigger picture. I'm a perfect example of that because my TSH, when I feel really well, is far below normal, far below even what optimal is, you know, that even, you know, the advocates write about one to two as being 
optimal. I am suppressed. I am close to zero, but I feel fabulous. I have no mm. hyperthyroid symptoms. I feel fabulous. So what I have to That's- say is, is that TSH does not tell a story for every person. And, and if I was with a doctor that was only looking at that, I would be so ill today. I'm just very lucky that I was determined to find a doctor who would look at me and my symptoms, and I did, and I feel great. But, again, my TSH does not tell the right story, my TSH. You know, so we're more than those lab numbers, so that's just so important. Another, you asked me about statistics. I'm going to tell you another one that just startled me. No, no, that's okay. That's okay. One thing I wanted to bring up on top of that, because I'm just checking off. You're covering my questions, babe, so you're doing fabulous. Okay, good, so one thing I want to do on top of that testing, though, uh, also is important uh, testing for nutrient deficiencies mm, that can absolutely. also be responsible for that T4 to T3 conversions that are so important mm-hmm. in pregnancy, like B12, iron, ferritin, vitamin D, and iodine, iodine correct? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. absolutely. You know, another one, you know, I want to say something really important, Tiffany. One that I think saved my son, Hudson, is magnesium. I was not aware how deficient I was in magnesium until mm-hmm. I had a magnesium RBC, stands for red blood cell test. And my doctor, I, I delivered uh, premature. So my little boy, I had um, postpartum, I mean, I had a placental abruption, and my baby came sooner. I believe the only reason that my son didn't come even earlier than that was because my doctor tested my magnesium along with the vitamin D, my iron, my selenium, my iodine, my iron, ferritin, etc. But that magnesium was so important. And she said something that stuck with me. She said, Dana, do you know if a woman goes in with premature delivery that they give them magnesium in order to, to prevent that baby from coming too soon? I was so deficient in magnesium that she felt it was so important that I have optimal magnesium levels. And so, you know, magnesium glycinate at night, magnesium oils that I rub on my body, magnesium-rich foods, all these things were so essential. I still delivered early, but I feel that had I not had a doctor who tested nutrient levels like magnesium, that I the picture would not have been as wonderful as it was. So, so important. I also want to talk about adrenal fatigue and sex hormones, right? Because our thyroid, adrenals, and sex hormones are so intricately connected that a lot of the times we're losing our babies also because we have low progesterone, which is needed to support your baby. But our sex hormones are often not tested, not in younger women who are trying to have babies. Like, that's not what people are thinking. But that low progesterone, estrogen dominance is so common, in addition to including women that are in their pregnancy ages of life. So, so important that our sex hormones and our adrenals are tested as well so that we get a really rounded picture. So, yeah, so many pieces to this puzzle. There are, and that that leads me to uh, another question that I have for you because uh, uh, once you're pregnant, your obstetrician is going to balk at testing Mm -hmm. progesterone, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But previously, okay, so let's talk about the women who would like to get pregnant or are in fertile years that are not doing anything to prevent pregnancy. What can they do, uh, you know, like a good prenatal, or what can they do, get tested, previous to getting pregnant or when they're, you know, uh, just going about their life and saying, if I get pregnant, I get pregnant, what can they do to protect their coming babies? Mm -hmm. 
I think there are so many things that can be done. You know, we talk about universal, my wish for universal thyroid screening in pregnancy, and what that means is, you know, when a woman goes in for her first, pre, uh, you know, pregnancy uh, appointment with her obstetrician, that there's certain testing and that we want, or I want that thyroid testing to be part of that. But the ideal scenario, the ideal would be if, testing was happened was happening before they were pregnant before you got pregnant right because our first OBGYN appointment when we are pregnant happens around depending on the doctor around 8 weeks pregnancy but by then your TSH may have risen so high that you've put a danger right. to your pregnancy which is what happened to me so it's so important i wish that for women planning pregnancy the thyroid testing was part of their testing the same test we're talking about the full spectrum of thyroid testing including the adrenals the sex hormones the nutrient deficiencies should all be part or at least at my ideal scenario would be all be part of it especially okay so if you're not going to do it for every single woman thinking of getting pregnant will you at least do the panel the thyroid panel to begin with to see if a woman has a thyroid issue and if they do have a thyroid issue that full you know the complement of all those different things we're talking about is so important um i just don't understand why it's not being done and and i didn't have that testing before my first son was born and i'm just so thankful my son is healthy I believe I've had hypothyroidism since I was a child, but it wasn't so severe during my pregnancy with my first son. It kind of kicked into kind of crazy overdrive after he was born. I'm just so lucky because no one thought to test me. Um, so I'm just so thankful. You know, I wish that all women prior to to actually getting pregnant would do this. So if there are women listening here and they're wondering what to do, the first thing is get your full thyroid testing. Get your TSH, free T4, free T3, reverse T3, your two thyroid antibodies for Hashimoto's. Even better, get your sex hormones tested. Many of us have estrogen dominance. Even people who you don't think have estrogen dominance might have it and have low progesterone. Get your adrenal testing. Saliva testing for cortisol levels is so important. It's such an important piece of my puzzle my own personal puzzle that these pieces I wish they were just part of everybody's everybody's experience but it's not I think prenatals are so important especially if you're thinking about getting pregnant or you're not using protection um some Absolutely. with iodine as well so yeah there's just so much there's just so much that needs to be done um around thyroid but a lot of women are not being tested so they don't know that they have these issues. But hopefully if they're listening in today, they're going to get that kind of testing or they're going to demand it. And antibodies. Or even antibodies. If the people that are, or even if the, the people that are listening that, that maybe do know some of this, maybe you have friends that you could share this information with. Yes. Because there's so many people out there, friends, family members, cousins, you know, yes. uh, coworkers that, that maybe don't know any yes. of this. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, that's it's it's so scary because, you know, we're kind of hoping that, you know, maybe a lot of people we've reached and they know this, but there's so many people that don't. And it's so very important that, that we, in this particular instance, and, and for our health and the overall good of our possible babies is, is to, to get all of these things tested. And if you don't know, how are you going to learn, right? I mean, you, you, people exactly. have to spread the word. And so... Um, let me just kind of just jump in along with what you're talking about, and I just mm -hmm. want to ask you, I know I'm interrupting Tiffany, sorry, but I, I want to jump in and say, how can a woman choose a good OBGYN? Like, like what would be your, your top five questions or top ten, or what are your things that you would look for? Because 
you know, you turn 18 and then you start going to the doctor, whether they go sooner or not. At least 18, you know, they definitely start going hopefully around that age. Mm-hmm. What would be some good things to 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 help them decide who who a good doctor is, Dana? Well, you know, that for me that's one of the most important things because if you don't have an open-minded doctor, then you can be struggling like an, you know, an uphill battle because you really need someone who looks outside the box. So so absolutely number 1, my one warning would be if you have a doctor that's only testing TSH, run for the hills because that may just not be <laughs> enough for you. So um, you know, on my site, I, I have um, an article that's very popular with uh, resources to help people locate a good thyroid doctor. And a couple of things that are key. One is a doctor that is open to the full thyroid testing, um, not just TSH. We talked about the thyroid antibodies, which are often not done, which is crazy to me because, you know, it's said that 90% of people with hypothyroidism have the thyroid autoimmune condition Hashimoto's, yet you don't know how many people I hear from that for decades have been told they have hypothyroidism, but no one ever tested their thyroid antibodies for Hashimoto's. And they only discover they have Hashimoto's once they're on a page like mine where people are telling them how important it is. So, you know, number one is having a doctor that will do that full testing. And we talked about the nutrient deficiencies and the adrenals and the sex hormones and, you know, so many pieces of that puzzle. The number two, and, and, and boy, like this is a big one, if you have a doctor who will only treat you with T4 only levothyroxine drugs like Synthroid and you are not feeling well, run and get a second medical opinion because, I am well today because I have a doctor who was open-minded and tried me. In my case, I take natural desiccated thyroid, which contains a combination of the T4 and T3 thyroid hormone, and I feel fabulous. You know, it wasn't, a lot of people ask me, did it happen instantly that you felt fabulous? No, it was, it took about six, eight months for me because my doctor was, was upping my dosage a bit each time. And was also testing my nutrient levels and my my adrenals and my sex hormones. So, it, it, you know, there were many pieces of my puzzle. So it wasn't like an instant, oh, my God, I feel fabulous. But one right. day I went in and she said, how do you feel? And I cried. I said, oh, my God, I didn't know I could feel well. I feel fabulous. And she said, then that's your optimal, where you wow. feel fabulous. So. The third really important one is a doctor who listens to you and your symptoms above the lab numbers. I told you that my TSH is near zero, and most doctors would have a heart attack and think that I was hyperthyroid at a TSH of zero, but this is where I feel fabulous. My, personally, where do I feel fabulous? I feel fabulous when my free T3 is at the very top quarter of the normal range. That is where I feel fabulous. If mine even comes down to the middle of the normal range or low, I have severe headaches, inability to stay awake, um, cracked heels of my feet, hair loss, constipation, um, digestion issues, anxiety, insomnia. But as soon as that free T3 gets up to the top quarter of the normal range, all of a sudden I feel fabulous. So, does it mean everybody's going to feel fabulous there? No, but it's about a doctor who will will listen beyond the numbers because I don't think these lab numbers are the, the, the be-all and end-all of thyroid no. treatment. It's about mm-hmm. you and your symptoms. So 
Yeah, so, so as you can see, it's really about having an open-minded doctor. And yes, a lot of people ask me, should I go to an endocrinologist? Yes, there are certain cases where it's, it is important um, to see an endocrinologist, but I've found that the, the more open-minded doctors tend to be from different areas of medicine, whether that's functional medicine physicians, integrative doctors, um, you know, like just people that are thinking naturopaths, people that are thinking about root cause of wellness. Um, I've been very lucky. I've found some great MDs who've known exactly what to do. Um, but it's really about finding somebody who's very open-minded, and that's key for me. I did want to say one yeah. thing really important, because you were asking me about preparation for pregnancy, and, and something that is really important is is the recent information about iodine in prenatals. You know, now the, you know, the, it's stated in 2015, this new recommendation calls for iodine in all prenatal vitamins, but not all prenatal vitamins have the iodine. So the U.S. Council for Responsible Nutrition's new guidelines calls for all dietary supplement manufacturers and marketers to begin including at least 150 micrograms of iodine in all daily multivitamin mineral supplements intended for pregnant and lactating women. But that's not the case for all prenatals. So looking for that 150 micrograms of iodine in your prenatal is, is really important. So is I wanted, it, I wanted is to it add is it 150, Dana, or 225 for pregnancy? I've I've read 150. Um, the sources mm. that I okay. have, although I, you know what? Let me read it again. So it says. No, no, that's okay. As long as we're between 150 and 225. <laughs> you know what? No, I'm just the, reading another one. I want to make sure that I get the point is that it's there, right? It says the combined dietary intake should bring iodine consumption to the recommended 220 micrograms for pregnant women or 290 micrograms for breastfeeding women. So I guess it depends on, this is recommended by the Institute of Medicine. So I guess, this, you know. fish you're eating and iodine. Yeah, you know, I see two yeah. different two different levels here so that's okay as long as we as long as it's there right as long as we're we're pointing it out that it needs to be there in pregnant women it needs to be there well they say that it's at least 150 micrograms but then this source here is saying 220 for pregnant and 290 micrograms for breastfeeding women what i realized for myself is that i was not aware of this this is these were guidelines that came out in 2014 2015 when i was pregnant with my child i know that my prenatal did not include iodine um, but if I'd had to do it over again and I had the information that I have now, I would make sure that my prenatal has, has iodine in it. Well, not that, not that Rainbow Light ever asked for anything from me, but I will tell you just real quickly <laughs> one, one thing. I actually wrote them and thanked them because I started taking uh, the Rainbow Light Complete Prenatal Vitamin, which is six, there's six whole food vitamins, about 12, 12 weeks in after Michael my first child, within 12 weeks, my first baby, you know, I didn't want to take the regular one-a-day prenatal that was junk, and, and so I really researched, mm -hmm. and I found the Rainbow Life like Complete Prenatal System. I started taking it at 12 weeks, and mm -hmm. I got very, very ill, got the HELP syndrome with my son because, of course, there was much development that was, that was happening prior to that, mm -hmm. and I believe that I went into that pregnancy very nutrient deficient and uh. possibly possibly Hashimoto and everything else is Dana and I are always pointing out, chalk, chalk Dana up, Dana, for another one that saw this in their own childhood. But anyways, long story short, and they told me you're going to get the HELP syndrome with the other three, with your any children 
you know, that you have in the future. We don't recommend you get pregnant. Everybody was very against it. I continued on that prenatal vitamin all the way through nursing and everybody and the, the next three children, which were three beautiful, healthy babies, not one problem. And I was so grateful afterwards because I looked back and that prenatal actually had 200 micrograms of selaminothion mm-hmm. in there. there and I go. wrote them. That was, that was 2001. So that prenatal I started taking in 2000 and I wrote them and I thanked them. I said, I have no idea if this is relative or not, but I want to know how much I am gra- how grateful I am that you made a, a very comprehensive prenatal vitamin in 2000. Mm-hmm. And I, I really feel that it is critical, you know, and so I do critical. believe that that had something to do with the three following healthy pregnancies. Congratulations. I can't even imagine that four children. That's so wonderful. Wow. That's fabulous. Well, I'm crazy. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> it, no, it's it's like wow. I, I I can barely manage too. I don't I don't know how you do it, but fabulous. That's that's amazing. What do you think are the secrets for you in having your beautiful kids? You know, as somebody with with kidney problems uh, from being born to a hypothyroid uh, mother uh, and two Hashimoto hypothyroid parents and having kidney disease because of that. Uh, my mm-hmm. first kidney failure was six years old. I really, really, and always being told I couldn't get pregnant. So I really, mm-hmm. really think, um, honestly, I, I uh, came out of a vegetarian diet. I started eating a lot of fish. There's a very funny story behind that. Uh, kudos to the chef at Jillian's who uh, made me promise that if he made <laughs> me fish that I would eat it. I said I will. Mm-hmm. And I was pregnant within three months of eating fish probably four times, three, four times a week. So it's kind of a joke that the chef from Jillian's in Palm Desert got me pregnant. Mm. Um, that's that's a, a very, very funny joke in the family and friends and everything. But anyways, uh, nutrients. And I really, really think, um, you know, the like I said, the prenatal vitamin and uh, because it just defied so many odds that were told mm-hmm. that I couldn't do and that I wouldn't have healthy children and that, I would have horrible things happen, and yep. uh, and it didn't. So I really took very care, very good care of myself. You know, being a food mm-hmm. control diabetic, I ate very carefully. I ate frequently. I was bound and determined that I was going to continue to not exercise, but I just walked. My husband would walk mm-hmm. me like a dog. Dana and I have mm-hmm. talked about this patio time subject. <laughs> he would walk about ten feet in front of me. And here I am waddling, right, you know, and I'm going, slow down. And he's like, if I slow down, you're going to slow down, so keep up. You know, I mean, my husband is just a goob, I'm telling you. But just taking care of myself was really, really, uh, I think, critical in it not having happen again. And it's kind of a joke because after Daisy, my fourth child, I stopped nursing. When I stopped nursing Dana and Dana, I actually stopped taking my prenatal vitamin and, you know, much homework, but as, as, as I look back on it, when I stopped taking that prenatal vitamin within four months, I was, in, uh, I was in my doctor's office saying, I have early Alzheimer's because my mother, of course, had just passed, and I, I took care of her while I was pregnant and raising my kids, my husband and I. And I said, I have early onset Alzheimer's or something. My cognition was so bad. Mm-hmm. And I look back on it now and I go, I, I mean, just things I would love to know. Was that entirely due to uh, the malabsorption problems that I have that are diagnosed mm-hmm. now? 
was I keeping everything at bay through just the good multivitamin and eating well? And then when I took out the multivitamin, Mm -hmm. the body was saying, I don't really care how great you're eating, Tiff, but we were not (laughs) going to absorb it. You need some additional Mm -hmm. help here, sister, so get back on something. Yeah. Yeah. So I really, I really chalk it up to that. And so now I flip the question back to you, Dana. Mm-hmm. I want to know what your symptoms were for the mom, and I want to know what you do to keep yourself well and, and what you did to keep yourself well through, through your third baby, you know, through mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, your son as well. So I flip that question back to you. You know, I, I was very lucky um, after I had my miscarriage, you know how what symptoms I had that were red flags um, that I was not aware were red flags were the typical hypothyroidism symptoms. You know your fatigue and constipation and cracked feet and dry skin and hair loss and um, pale skin and um, all those things. But for me, the symptom that was my red flag was an intense. I can't say morning sickness because I experienced morning sickness with my first son, but an intense feeling of toxicity in my body. I can't even explain to you what I mean because it was just an illness. Um, For me, the key with having my, my son Hudson after that is that I knew that sick, ugly, toxic feeling was because my thyroid was not treated properly. And my, I was very lucky to have a doctor who did all the nutrient testing. She understood, you know, also when we talk about um, nutrient deficiencies, for those of us with autoimmune diseases, they also, there's research from um, um, a great researcher that I follow called Negro, and he has research that 200 MCGs of selenium daily through the pregnancy can reduce your incidence of postpartum thyroiditis and permanent autoimmune thyroiditis. So even just something like selenium or testing for your iodine levels and your magnesium and your ferritin, full iron panel, including ferritin and vitamin D and B12 and just all these great nutrients that are so important. Um, I had a doctor that understood that in pregnancy, in the first 20 weeks, your baby relies completely on the mother for thyroid hormone until it creates its own thyroid gland and creates its own thyroid hormone. So in those first few weeks, your TSH can rise rapidly, rapidly, because your body mm-hmm. is trying to accommodate trying this to make new up. baby, yeah. right? So my my signals, what was going on for me, is that my TSH was rising quickly, and the key for me was that I could not wait until my eight-week normal first appointment of pregnancy. I would have lost my baby if I waited till eight weeks. So my strategy with my doctor, we had a plan. My plan was she gave me a lab requisition form for my thyroid testing. She said to me, you go and buy boxes and boxes of pregnancy tests. The moment Mm. you determine you're pregnant, even if that's two weeks in, three weeks in, don't wait till your missed period. Go in with my lab requisition form, get your lab testing done. Guess what? My TSH rose from where it was up to five within three weeks of pregnancy. Wow. She increased my thyroid medication, right? She increased my thyroid medication by three weeks, four weeks pregnancy. My medication was increased. All of a sudden, that sick, ill, toxic feeling started coming on me. And normally, you know, I should wait four weeks to get retesting. It was only a week after, and I called her, and I said, it's happening. It's happening. I'm, I'm ill. Like, I can feel it. She said, increase your medication right now, and she increased it. So she was listening to me. 
The other major thing is that she had, there is, um, within the guidelines, which is also really interesting, and I want to make sure that I give you the, the, the research as it is specifically, they tell you to increase. Now, this is something that my doctor and I um, agreed on together, right? So one of the guidelines, and I want to read it to you specifically, okay? According to the Endocrine Society's 2007 clinical guidelines for the management of thyroid dysfunction during pregnancy and postpartum, now listen very carefully, it says, Thyroid replacement dosage usually needs to be incremented by four to six weeks gestation and may require a 30 to 50% increase in dosage. She knew that my body was going to need that increase. My dosage increased by about 80% during my pregnancy, and she listened to me and my symptoms. She didn't make me wait four weeks until she could retest me. She heard me. She heard me that the fatigue was descending on me. She heard me that I was unwell. She heard me that I'd miscarried, and I knew that icky, gross feeling. And I'm just, like, so very thankful. Like, you know, what do you say about a doctor that like listen to you there's no way my son would be alive today if not for her and her listening to me um so that so yeah that's a question i want to ask you is that we mm-hmm. all love all the girls and we're just talking about your doctor and how much we love your doctor mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. one thing i want to ask you is is your doctor fabulous or did you make her listen make your doctor fabulous yes Good question. You know, I I think you know I think she's fat. First of all, I think she's fabulous because um, I, this was I was in the process of doing all this research and I was on a mission. I like you, Tiffany, was told not to have another child after I miscarried. My doctor, not knowing what to do for me, because then my TSH rose above ten um, after I had my miscarriage and I couldn't even wake up. And he clearly felt he it was out of his league, right? He just didn't know what to do for me. And his answer right. was, I don't think you should have another baby. You will get sick again, you will miscarry, and you will become worse than you were before. And just something, just something inside me said, this guy's wrong. He's wrong. I am going to go on, and I'm going to learn everything I can. So, yes, I guess it's a combination. You know, I, I did my own research, and she was open-minded, and... I brought in the information that I had, and having a doctor who will partner with you, if you are an advocate for yourself and you have research like what we're talking about today and you bring it in, you want a doctor who will say, hey, let me read this over. This is great, you know. Right. Um, so you want a trainable yeah. doctor. <laughs> yeah, we need a doctor <laughs> who's going to listen. Yeah, a doctor you who's know, listening to us. Everybody, and, and by the way, Dana, we need one of those uh, things where you hit the button and angels sing, you know, that goes, <sighs> you know, <sighs> when she says the doctor right. listened or, you know, he was listening or she was listening to me, we can hit that button of the angels singing. Oh, but one thing I wanted to right. point out, too, is everybody focuses on the first trimester, right, Dana? Yes. But yes. I read uh, a, a study this morning or a comment this morning that I believe was posted on one of your blogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, four times greater risk of miscarriage in the second trimester in TSH that's above six. So we're not oh, just yes. out of the woods in the first trimester, right? Well, you know, the t- they say the recommended TSH is less than 2.5 in the first trimester and less than 3.0 in the second and third. Clearly, if doctors are waiting till you have a TSH of six, have not read the guidelines. They've not read the guidelines. Why do you have a TSH close to six when it's telling you less than three? 
So you see, I am just so perturbed that while the guidelines are not perfect and they focus on TSH, but they're there. They're there and, and just people are not reading them. Um, I was unwell at five. I felt like the living dead at seven, and I was dead after by ten. I couldn't survive. I, you know, I was just a walking zombie. So, um, yes, I mean, throughout your pregnancy, you're, you should have your thyroid tested. They say every four weeks. But listen, like I told you the story, I, I just had my my dosage upped, and I'd gone to my doctor. But a week or two weeks later, I did not feel well. You don't wait. You call and you harass them. Say, I don't feel good. My symptoms are worsening. No, this is not right. And when they say, oh, but you're just pregnant, you say, no, no, no. And then you come to a site like mine and you find doctors that are open-minded and you get a second or third medical opinion. Another, you know, I missed something when I was telling you about what worked for me. There's another really important recommendation that I want to read that my doctor followed. Now, you know, I want to be very careful when I say this because when I say it, I want this is something you agree with your doctors, not something you go and do by yourself. So recommendation 13 by the American Thyroid Association says, treated hypothyroid patients who are newly pregnant should independently increase their dose of medication by approximately 25 to 30% upon a missed menstrual cycle or positive home pregnancy test. Listen mm. to that. Do you understand that? They're telling I us. Do. Repeat that again for everybody. Okay, Repeat so treated, that again. That's really important. Treated hypothyroid patients who are newly pregnant should independently increase their dose of medication by approximately 25 to 30% upon a missed menstrual cycle or positive home pregnancy test and notify their caregiver promptly. Now, my doctor wow. followed that. She, based on my dose, she calculated what 30% was. And she said, when she gave me the lab requisition form, she said, Dana, when you find your first positive pregnancy test, you don't even need to call me. You're going to walk into a lab and get your lab requisition form, and you're going to get your labs done. But that very same day, you're going to increase by this amount. And she told me, specifically based on my dosage, what 30% was. So she saved me because by the time I got the testing done, my TSH rose from close to zero to five. So already, you see what I'm saying, like mine was just rapidly increasing. And these steps that she took enabled me to prevent it from rising so high I would have lost the child. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's such an important. Now, again, that's not something that I necessarily say, everybody go out and do this when you find your, your, you're pregnant. I, this is something you discuss with your doctor and bring it to them, It's you know, and make sure your doctor is validating that possibility. And if they're not, then train them by taking in the study that says, please, you know, I need you to pay attention to me. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I hope that the listeners can, can really hear that, that you need to train your doctors. Mm-hmm. You need your doctor to be available to listen to your symptoms and is not going to just shovel you off as, Mm-hmm. You know, this is about you and your baby, and if you lose your baby, they're going to be, they're going to feel bad, but they're but they not going to go they're home not, and listen with it every day. Right? They're, it's not they're their not, baby. And, you know, you know, Tiffany, what's crazy about that is I kept calling, and I felt like I was a crazy woman calling to say I felt so unwell, and they made me feel like I was a crazy person that was complaining and that you're just a pregnant woman, you know, sh- you know just be quiet and just, like, you know, d- deal 
but I knew my body was not right. I could feel, the, and I even said to my husband about a week before I lost the baby, there are toxins in my body. My body's toxic. And he said, that's crazy, Dan. I said, Dan, listen, I know my body. I know something is not right. And what I should have done is I should have stopped and said, you're not listening to me, but I'm going to go run, and I'm going to go find another doctor, and I'm going to go to 10 doctors and until somebody's listening to me that I feel sick. And I did not do that, and there was a lot of guilt for me because, you know, I've been interviewed many times about this topic, and one interview that really, like, kind of, you know, left me really emotional is the question was, well, if you felt unwell, why didn't you just get another opinion? And the interviewer didn't realize, like, how what a trigger, like, what she was saying to me. Right. She didn't realize that she was, like, <laughs> wounding me, right? Like, she was, because I knew that that was the reason, like, that I was guilty of not getting another opinion, but I was of the mindset, well, a doctor, my doctor's an Ivy League trained doctor who knows what the hell they're doing, who am I to question, and I was of that mindset, and so when the question, she didn't mean to attack me, but it felt like, oh my God, like, that's the reason I created Hypothyroid Mom, because I'm like, I feel so guilty that I didn't do something, and that's really while the pissed off part was what drove me, but it was the guilt that I didn't do anything, and now I'm going to do something. And that, so that combination of feeling very guilty that I didn't get my second medical opinion. And I guess so the, you know, if I have to leave off with one message is, you know your body, you know it. Your body whispers when something is not right. And if something doesn't feel right, it doesn't matter if they have Ivy League University degrees on the wall or awards on the wall. You go and you get multiple medical opinions until you get somebody who helps you to listen to those instincts. And you know what? I want to interject here because Laura It is a flower field moment, but I want to interject really quick because Laura Shuneman, who I know is always on Hypothyroid Bomb. Oh, I love her. She's so fabulous. She's brilliant, yes. She said, another good point to be made here is don't let your doctor's receptionist determine your relationship with your doctor, and that is so Ooh, key. That's a good so one. Good. <laughs> so good because it was right? the receptionist. It was it was the ladies at the desk that kept telling me, but you're pregnant. Yeah, but you're pregnant, and people get, get morning sickness. I said, but I've been pregnant before, and I know what that morning sickness is. This is not morning sickness. Oh, please, like this is morning sickness. You know, they're busy today. They, you know, will try to get back to you. And, you know, all this BS – and all I felt was, I am an unwell woman. This is There's something seriously wrong. And so if there is anyone right now pregnant listening to this and you feel toxic, like toxic, yes, morning sickness, but like toxicity that you are, you have illness within your body, I tell you to run. I tell you to run to a doctor and get your thyroid lab testing done. I tell you to run because that sickness went away. When my doctor, the the next time around, when I had Hudson, when I had that toxic feeling, it went away. When she increased the dosage and she got me back to wellness, that sick, icky, toxic feeling went away. And so I knew, like from that, I actually cried when the toxic feeling went away. I cried because I knew that I lost the baby the last time because that uh, I was not realizing how important that warning from my body was i just didn't realize like i was playing with fire and i didn't listen and 
yeah, we just have to listen to our to our instincts and have a fighter, you know, like moms become warriors. If you touch our babies, like watch out, right? Well, I kind of did it a little bit. You know, it's like the mama bear's got to come out, and if that if you don't feel well, and that doesn't, you know, even if it's not pregnant, even if you're you're listening and you're not pregnant and you don't feel well, this is about you listening to your body and just doing what you have to do to be well. I will forever picture you counting backwards, just in Oof. rage. Yeah. Oof. Oh my god. <laughs> it was crazy. It was crazy. You know, it it is like sometimes I go back and I go, wow, boy. You know, when they say, you know, so many of us have been through so much. Do you ever sit down and go, wow, I've been through a lot of stuff? You know, we we we're we are and we do the things we do because of what has happened to us, but. There's also silver lining. Like you've talked about this. For me, the silver lining is now look at me. I'm I'm helping other women have their healthy babies or be healthy themselves. And so, you know, things happened for a reason. And I do believe that my spirit of that child somehow flowed into my son, Hudson. And I don't feel like, I feel like I have, you know, the spirit. So, yeah. But it's all, it's all, you know, we have to look at it as like a learning experience and we move on. And guess what? The, the, the bottom line that I can say to you is I feel freaking fabulous at 45. And if I can feel fabulous at 45, even better than I was at 20, then we can all feel fabulous. And that's what I want for everyone. <laughs> you know, we're going to have like well, a cruise you know, one day and we're all going to be fabulous. Yeah. So we're all, we're all going to meet each other and we're going to say, you know, yeah, hypothyroidism, it can, like, kick us in the butt, but we could kick it back and be really great. So that's what I what I hope for everybody. And I'm glad you're feeling great at 45. T- Tiffany and I are both 45 as well, and and I'm speaking for myself here, but I'm not quite there yet. So I'm, I'm listening, I'm taking notes, I'm paying attention, I'm taking baby steps for me. And I know Tiffany has her things she's working on as well, but we're we can't wait to get there. So we're not going to go on a cruise with you like tomorrow, but maybe like a year we'll go on the cruise with you. Yes, and I will right? invite all of Hypothyroid Mom to my cruise, and we'll all celebrate how fabulous we are. Because that you know, as much as as much as there's sadness in this, and there's unwellness and fatigue and all of that stuff. The bottom line is there are people who have gotten their great treatment and feel really great, and I hope that inspires people to believe that that can happen for them too. And so, you know, that's my main message. It might not always seem that's my message, but that's the message. It's like, come on, let's, you know, you know, I, we, we have control. We have control, but we have to have the research. We have to have the information we need, and we have to find the doctors that will listen to us and partner with us and, there, there's hope to be well. Flower I field. Love that. We're having a it's flower, a flower field, field moment. moment. We are. <laughs> it is. We've got to, We've got to tell Dana real quick. We were on with Stacy um, a few weeks ago. Stacy Robbins. Oh, I, know, I you love know her. She, and she has this. She has a fabulous book, and it's just. She's got so many wonderful, profound things that she says that just make yes. you stop and think. So, like, mm-hmm. there would be lots of dead air, like during her. Her, her show, her her talk. Because you'd and be we thinking. Just, we, yeah, were, we, we were, we were flower fielding. And digesting. And so finally I said, this, just so you know, Stacey, we're not just, you know, like not talking and, and just leaving dead air and not having a question for you. We're just like absorbing, digesting, mm-hmm. 
we're just taking this moment and we're just like living in it and like processing. So we're going to call this our flower field moment. And so from then on, we, we, for every now from all the shows we've had since then, we call it our flower field moment. So when you say something and you don't hear anything from us, just know that all of us are dancing around. (laughs) No, not at all. Listen, ladies, I'm, I, I'm, I'm so happy to be on your show and, and it's so wonderful. All the work that, that everyone is doing, all the different advocates and it's just, to me, it's very inspiring. I think there's going to be a day or I hope, that there will be a day that I will live to see the day that full thyroid testing, including nutrient deficiencies and adrenals and sex hormones and all that good stuff, that that just becomes a part of routine testing. Wouldn't that be like the best world ever? And really, you know, what are we really doing? To be honest with you, I'm doing it to help us, um, those of us that have it, and and to be well. But I'll be honest with you, the real reason I'm doing it is I'm trying to help the next generation. Um, You know, there's the heredity factor that our children, not that they all will have a thyroid condition, but they're more vulnerable if we have it to have it. And I want to see a world that's different for them. I don't want them to have to struggle. Um, And if, uh, if we can be that that force that brings about change for our children and our grandchildren, like, wow, you know, this is really profound stuff, what we're doing, and we're, we're changing the future for, for future thyroid patients. So, yeah, there's, it's, a really, it's really powerful what we're doing. Okay, well, let me just kind of jump off track here just for just a second because I want to know, like, you have lots of fans and lots of people out there, Dana. Like, just tell us, like, what's a day in the life of Dana? Not during Wisdom Teeth Week, because that was awful, and and all of that. But like, you know, a little bit of your protocol, like what you had for breakfast. You know, like what you do to take care of yourself. Just a, a few days in the life of, of Dana Trentini. Wow, that's such a great question. Nobody's ever asked me that before. Um, well, my day, you know, my, my children, my, my life revolves around around my children. So uh, my day begins with trying to get them ready for school. Um, but I uh, find that for me, first thing is I have to take my thyroid medication. I take NatureThroid. It's been life-changing for me. It doesn't mean everyone's going to do fabulous on it, but I take NatureThroid, and I, I take my first dose first thing in the morning. And um, I don't eat or or do anything except drink water with it. I don't want anything to interfere with its absorption, so I'm really careful about that. Um, I juggle uh, a work, um, very heavy work that I do um, in my professional work, um, and I make sure to spend as much time as I can with my boys. I take time-release T3 in addition to NatureThroid, and I think that's really oh. key for me. Um, so taking that combination... The time release, it's interesting. I have a compounding pharmacy that um, creates it. Not all compounding pharmacies are great, um, as I've discovered, but I found one that does a fabulous job. The time release T3 just does something for me. I take it at about 10 a.m. Again, I take it away from food or drinks, um, and it's a life changer. Like it's, you know, They say that the time release is supposed to help keep it throughout the day, and it helps me to do my work, and it helps me to go pick up my kids. It helps me to come home and actually have energy to look at hypothyroid mom and, and help whoever I can at that time. I do take um, a multivitamin, and I do take my fish oils, and I take turmeric, and you know I have my, my smoothie in the morning, and you know I do a lot of great things. I take iodine. I determined that I, I've, I had testing that I have iodine deficiencies, so 
I take some some iodine and I take magnesium in a big way every night before bed. I take magnesium <laughs> glycinate. I was a lifelong constipated girl, and now I'm not. <laughs> Thank God. So that magnesium glycinate was so important, and magnesium oil I rub on my body. Um, I think magnesium oil is amazing. Um, I also am deficient in vitamin D and B12 and ferritin. So I take nutrients for those. I take supplements for that. I wanted to look at the magnesium oil that I use. I use ancient minerals, and I swear that's a life changer. That's so great. Oh, I, but discovering that use. you have these deficiencies is so key. You know, we can talk all we want about thyroid medication, but if you don't have the building blocks to create, to do the conversion of T4 to T3, if we don't have the building blocks, Overall, our body's unhealthy. So for me, it's a very big thing. Um, I take um, iron because my ferritin was so low, and I didn't realize I was losing my hair because my ferritin was below 80. Um, and right. getting my, my ferritin to 80 was so life-changing. I also take, um, I also take adapt- adaptogenic herbs for adrenal fatigue. I usually take that um, in the morning time, but again, away from my thyroid medication. I like um, supplements like Pure Encapsulations. They have Phyto-ADR, which has you know ashwagandha and holy basil. I also like the Gaia brand for adrenal health. I really like that brand. Also, that you know, I do really well with that as well. So you see, I do a lot. There's, there are a lot of things that I do for my well-being. But you know, one thing that I do that's really important is meditation, and that's something that while all the adaptogenic herbs can help, the the meditation has really helped me to relax and just ground me. Um, the other thing is that at 43, I, ha- I did a tailspin. I, I was under a lot of stress. Personally, I was under a lot of stress juggling my work and hypothyroid mom and my children. And I got really severely, you know, unwell and I was losing a lot of hair, and I discovered that I was premenopausal, perimenopausal, and I had severe estrogen dominance with very low progesterone. So bioidentical progesterone cream has been a big, um, a big helper for me too, which I do, um, you know, through my after ovulation until my first day of my period, and I use, you know progesterone, bioidentical progesterone cream, and that has made a really big difference. So, yeah, I do so many things. Wow. Is that a long list? <laughs> no, long well, list. It, it is, but it sounds, it sounds like all of us, you know, and what's so funny is as you're listing all this stuff, I'm thinking someone who, who isn't used to this must think we're all crazy because there's all these different things, you know, coconut oil and turmeric and, and your magnesium and your vitamin D and, and, and your uh, multivitamins and all this stuff, and you can't take it with food, so you have to wait, and yep. you have to take your T3 at 10, and then you have to wait, and you can't eat, and so it's this, like, schedule, this day of, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like it is, got but, the ad- <laughs> but, you know? But you know what, though? You know, it's interesting, Tiffany, is that at first I was very overwhelmed with when to take what, because I take my nature throw two times a day. I take it first thing in the morning and then around 2 p.m., and then I take my time release at 10 a.m., and then I don't eat or drink or take multivitamins around them. So that's very confusing, right? So what I did is I kind of had a little schedule. You know, I, I kind of separated the multis <laughs> away. And then, you know, things that help me sleep, like the um, the magnesium, I do, I'm doing it um, at bedtime. You know, so, like, I kind of have, like, a little routine that I do. Right, you've managed you've managed the schedules of everything. Yeah, that's a, that's yeah. a job in itself. 
<laughs> it is, but once you get into a little routine, it's not it's not yeah, as bad. No, but you know what? For me, just feeling well motivates me to keep on going. And whatever whatever I'm doing, I don't know what you know. I can't tell you that it's one specific thing. I think the thyroid medication, above all, finding a doctor who listened to my symptoms. You see, because like my thyroid, the lab tests are not typical. And finding right. somebody who just said, we want to get you well. It doesn't matter what those lab numbers mean. It just We have to get you well. Finding somebody who would be willing to do that has been a big, has been a big we factor have a, for me. We have a resounding question for you, Dana. Are you mm-hmm. Hashimoto? Do you have antibodies to the thyroid? or? Now, that's an interesting question. I live as if I have Hashimoto's, but I test negative for both mm. both uh, thyroid proxies antibodies and thyroglobulin antibodies. But what is fascinating is I still believe I have Hashimoto's. I have the combination of hypothyroid and hyperthyroid symptoms, and I have the fluctuations in my Well, you TSH. could be in remission. You could be in remission temporarily, too. You know, in other words, you know, I could you be, can test- or what I think is really the case, which Dr. Karazian um, has this fantastic um, article about thyroid antibodies, and he talks about how there are Hashimoto's patients who always test negative for thyroid antibodies because they're one reason is because their immune system is so low that it's not mm. producing sufficient antibodies to show up on the testing. Now, I'll continue to uh, retest myself. I did an ultrasound which did not show; um, it showed uniform gland, which again is not typical of Hashimoto's, but I have half a gland missing. Where the heck did it go? Like who, like was I born without, you know, I was wow. like, wait a minute, I'm missing, wait, I'm missing one? Wait, I didn't have surgery, so what in the heck was I born with part of it missing? Or did I have Hashimoto's that destroyed that part of my gland? I have no idea. And, you well, know, and who I knows just, if they tested, you know, now they test for congenital hypothyroidism at birth. Who knows when we were all born, knows? when me and, and Dana who were all knows? born, they may not have even have tested back then it's for that. Poss- you know, it's very possible because I've had symptoms since I was a child. Now it worsened after I had my wow. first son, but I've had it my whole, my whole life. So it's very possible that I was a congenital, I have congenital hypothyroidism. I just didn't know that I had it. So, But, you know, what's fascinating about that is, all of the factors that we that I include at Hypothyroid Mom for Hashimoto's, they're all things I do, the gluten-free, the food sensitivities. Right. All those things are all the same the things selenium I do. And, right. and the selenium and, you know, so I think that, that whether or not you have Hashimoto's, many of those factors can be helpful for all people with hypothyroidism. Mm. So I have a question for you. Do you um, do you follow uh, a paleo, or are you more, you know, a uh, little bit of carbs, a lot of carbs, you know, because I know you have adrenal issues, and so mm-hmm. do I, and I've just recently started paying attention to not feeling well when I don't have any carbs. I cannot yep. do. I'm not a paleo patient, so I'm wondering about you. Yep. I, you know, the food changes have been the most painful for me. I, I, I... First of all, I'm not a very good cook. I'm an awful cook. And um, I have found it so hard. I get, like, withdrawal symptoms from, from not eating my favorite foods. So for me, I have to be honest with you, it, it has been um, a step-by-step process. You know, we're supposed to be 100% gluten-free, and that is my goal. But I slip you know, I go and I go, and then I slip, and then I don't feel good, and then I go and I go, and I slip. So 
I, I, you know, I hear so many people doing fabulous um, with paleo, and I follow many of the recipes that are from great paleo resources. But I do feel better when I eat a little bit of gluten-free carbs. I just feel better, and maybe you know, like you were saying about the adrenal fatigue, that might be the reason. But I really listen to my body. I've discovered I have certain food sensitivities, including um, tomatoes, which is a really big deal for me because. I grew up oh, in an Italian that a neighborhood. Deal for me too. Oh, it's oh, a really big deal. Stink. Yeah, and so <laughs> so reducing just that has made a big difference. But you know these things that we're reducing, I, I, you know, it can be very painful. Like the dietary changes can be very challenging for some people. I I hear you know they do it really easily and they're great and they do great. So for me, it's sort of like I just keep motivating myself. You know, I, I, you know, go, 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 and then I slip up, and then I go, 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 and I say, you know what, I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there, and I'm getting there slowly, and I'm finding great recipes that I like. And so, yeah, but gluten-free is a very is a big deal for me. I really feel better when I don't eat gluten. Um, so, yeah, so, but the food sensitivities, I think there's much more going on with food sensitivities than than anyone realizes. I'm sure, you know, I wish the testing were, um, you know, more reliable. You know, there's a lot of written about whether it's reliable or not reliable. I did a 30-day elimination um, with all, you know, major foods that we're sensitive to, and then I reintroduced them one at a time. And that was very helpful because I discovered certain things I was really affected by. Gluten was a big one. So I think that there's more there's more about the foods that we're eating than we realize. You know what, Dana? We that's have, a whole other have, show, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a, a whole, whole other show. show. <laughs> we, we have got six minutes left before we go off the air. Two quick points, and then we want to say thank you and make sure people know where to find you, and we want you back. But a couple things, Blythe Clifford of um, Thyroid Mom said that newborn screenings have been including congenital hypothyroid for over 50 years, so that's good to know. That's good and to know. Uh, Raina, Raina Kranz of Thyroid Discretion, discuss, I'll, bleh, Discussion Group, a wonderful uh, Facebook group, also said she has a few members in her group that were born with half a thyroid. Dana, ah. so Interesting there. That's a that's a show for another day. <laughs> that's about, you know what I wonder too is with congenital hypothyroidism. I wonder if you have like half if you don't show up on the testing. You know, right? No one have half about that. Functioning. So, we, so who knows? I mean, it's you we know need to find out. I found it. I think a thyroid ultrasound. I wish everybody got a thyroid ultrasound at least once so that you could it's see. So I was uncommon. fascinated. It's yeah, I was fascinated. So un- nobody by has them done. Oh, it's terrible. Which which is which is very scary though. I think that if we had them done as routine for any person that was hypothyroid, then we would catch, you know, nodules and goiters and and all those things that we could like determine using these tests. So maybe one day, one day, one day. Okay, okay. One one last thing, really quick. I want to know what Dana Trentini does for fun. You know, besides hanging out with your kids and all that, like. Like if you had to ask me, I could I could answer a couple different things. Like, what do you like to do for fun? If you have you know a day to yourself that you don't have to work or catch up with hypothyroid mom, what do you like to do? Like, for just for fun? Oh my God, there's so many things that I like to do. I I love. I want to know. I love your favorite hobby. Ma. 
I love to read fiction. Fiction. Oh, I'm like, Ooh. I'm a serious bookworm. Like, I, I walk around with, like, huge books in my purse, and I love to read. Find a, find a quiet place and, and, and read. I love it. I love Pilates. I love meditation. I love to watch movies and foreign films. I love, I mean, you know, you know, New York City has an energy. I just love walking in New York City. I love going to Central Park and just the energy. I live near the river, um, on the Hudson River, and I just love to sit and look at the river. Um, yeah, so so many things. But I, I find it, I, like, I like a lot of things that are very tranquil. And maybe that's, you know, after having fatigue for so long, maybe we, you know, we find ways to, to find peace, yeah. you know. But I love I love exercising. I love Pilates, and, I, and I've, I'm getting into yoga and meditation. So, yeah. Do you, I have do, to try do you do Pilates on the... Yes, well, and I had to quit them. But do you do Pilates on the reformer? Do you do the machine? Yes. Oh, I I miss that. We don't have that here. I love it. Like the Pilates, I swear (laughs) to God, like Pilates has transformed my body. Like you want to talk about, you know, physically, yes, all, you know, the gluten-free has helped and the medication and all that. But to, to, to tone my body, the Pilates, because I found that I used to run and that would exhaust me. And I realized that was just not good for me. And I needed something to keep my body in shape. And I just found the Pilates was was enough exercise. And, it, yeah, it's been fabulous. I think we all have to find that exercise that works well for us. I have a great labor story with the Pilates ball. That's a story for another day. But that's, oh a, patio, that's a patio time. <laughs> Well, we would, when she says patio time, she means Costa Rica patio time. So Costa we're all going to have to come and have a glass of wine and we're hang out on the that. patio. <laughs> well, I'm, I, you know, I must say that how wonderful it is that you live in Costa Rica. Just how how wonderful your scenery. It must be a way to heal you to live in such a beautiful place. It is. It's Dana, got its limitations I, for sure, but it is healing. Mm-hmm. Dana, I don't so nice want to cut you off, you. but I want to absolutely make sure like anyone doesn't know where to find you because you're you're just amazing but dana do you want to tell everybody where they can find uh dana with hypothyroid mom and um because otherwise it's going to cut you off (laughs) yeah everybody should know dana trentini um as hypothyroid mom she's on facebook twitter hypothyroidmom.com and we just thank you for hanging out with us today we know you weren't feeling great all week and we just Really, really appreciate all you do and who you are. So thank you, thank you for coming and joining thank us you, on thank Sunday. You, we thank really you. Thank you. Thank you. And Thyroid Nation Radio rocks. It was so nice to talk <laughs> to you guys. Keep on doing great work. We love thank to have you. you Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. How many seconds do we have? 23. What can we say in 23 seconds? Oh, my goodness. Next Where week, is everybody Dr. Eric Ozanski. Um, Dr. Eric Ozanski, he's naturalendocrinesolutions.com. He's fantastic. Uh, this is Dana, your Thyroid Nation Green Gatica from Costa Rica. And Tiffany with Grateful Garden. And bringing the collective bringing. voice of Thyroid Thrivers Worldwide. Together we heal. United we heal, guys. Thank you United so much. United we Thanks heal. Thanks for joining us.